going on, family? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I hope you guys are doing well. Hope your day is off to a fantastic start as we are on the road to WrestleMania. And for all of the things that we get excited about in the world of pro wrestling, this is one of the most exciting times of the year. And I know sometimes we can get caught up in how does the buildup feel and how does this feel and how does that feel? Let's do, and I'm already starting, so forgive me, but let's do ourselves a favor and not make comparisons for this road to WrestleMania to previous roads to WrestleMania. I know there is a temptation to do that, but let's not do that. Instead, let's enjoy this road because believe it or not, there are some cool things being cooked up for us at WrestleMania, which I think is exciting. And in the process, we're getting some great, great moments and great, great matches. So I know I just jumped in. Forgive me. So let me backtrack and say welcome, everyone. It's great to have you with us. Thank you to all of you who are so regularly tuning in and subscribe to us via podcast on Google and Apple and Spotify or wherever else you may be checking us out. And to those of you who are on the socials rocking with us at The Faction Show, thank you so much. These types of things really do mean the absolute world. If you're not following and you're not subscribed, it's super easy to do. Just click the follow button on the socials or subscribe to us via podcast. Feel free to rate us and leave us comments as well. These things make a difference in terms of who gets to find us. And speaking of finding us, share what we're doing on the socials. So today, I definitely want to make sure we cover what happened on Monday Night Raw last night. So there may be a spoiler or two. So if there is, you may want to pause the podcast when we get to that particular spot. And there was a really neat moment that I'm going to get into, which I don't know if some of you caught it, but if you didn't, I'm here to help you make sure you relive it. But before I do that, I want to go back to AEW Dynamite because I realized in replaying yesterday's show that there were a whole lot of moments that I missed on Dynamite and they were significant as well, including the official in-ring debut in AEW of the Hardys. I'm curious as to how that made you guys feel. What does it feel like for you to hear the Hardys' original music in AEW? What does it feel like to watch them in the tag team division there? I'll tell you how I felt. First of all, it's an amazing coup that Tony Khan was able to get that music. And if you haven't heard how he got it, because by the way, it's usually very, very difficult to get music that has been used in another organization in yours. You obviously have to pay licensing fees and that type of thing. So for instance, with CM Punk's song, Cult of Personality, that wasn't created by WWE, obviously. That was created by a band called Living Color. Massive hit, certainly in the 90s. And so what they were able to do, obviously, was license that. And the brilliance behind these moves for AEW is when you can hear that music within the first two seconds, your mind recognizes it. Again, nostalgia shows up and you know exactly who's about to walk out on that stage. So for them to do that with the arrival of Jeff Hardy and then the transition into the Hardys was brilliant. So here's how they made that happen. Apparently, the Hardys music was stock music. And in case you don't know what stock music is, stock music 
is music that wasn't created specifically by the WWE or AEW, but it was created with the intent of being used freely or at a small cost by some other folks. So now this tells us a few things. First of all, that that legendary music from the Hardys was not created by Jim Johnston or WWE's music camp, which is amazing to me. And I have to say all this time, I didn't know it. But it also explains why on a lot of those WWE albums, we would hear remixes to it and other versions of it. But we never heard that version really on an album. So that's pretty amazing in and of itself. Apparently, it didn't cost a whole lot to get licensing for that stock music. And so with that said... Now you've got the original music for the Hardys in AEW. Kind of a brilliant move from Tony Khan and that crew. So shout out to him and shout out to, again, giving us that Hardys feel. With that said, I find it so interesting that Jeff Hardy has always been the daredevil of the two and has always seemed to be in the best shape of the two, especially now. It's very clear that Matt's knees aren't what they used to be, though I think he finds a lot of joy being reunited with his brother. And I could probably park there for a second and say this, Matt Hardy in AEW has not been what we thought it would be. He debuted almost two years ago during the pandemic, you know, the whole delete thing. And we, I think, all thought we were getting the Matt Hardy that was the genius in impact that never was let loose in his return to WWE. We didn't get that. Instead, I think we found Matt Hardy really trying to be something and trying to figure out who in the world he is in this AEW context. And so it's a reminder to me that we have to take advantage of these moments that we're getting in wrestling while we're getting them. So, for instance, a sting at 62, 63 years old, being able to do what he's doing in AEW is an anomaly. Let's be clear. Sting is competing at elite level right now, pun intended, and it's amazing to see But that doesn't mean that all 63-year-olds are going to be able to get in the ring and do what they used to do 20 and 30 and, in some cases, 40 years ago. In the case of Matt Hardy, I think it's very clear, and I think the Hardys have even expressed that this is their final run. So now you have to ask yourself some important questions about the Hardys. What will this run look like for them in AEW? Does their last run include perhaps an opportunity at the AEW Tag Team Championships? Should they win the AEW Tag Team Championships? I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. So hit us up on the socials and tell us what you think about this potential Hardys run. But what I will say is good about what AEW has done with Sting, and maybe they'll do the same with the Hardys, is this. Sting doesn't need to be in the title picture. He's Sting. He's a draw in and of himself, just like The Undertaker didn't need the championship at a certain point in his career because The Undertaker being The Undertaker was enough. In fact, most of us will recall that The Undertaker's streak actually became as valuable, if not more valuable at WrestleMania than an actual world title. Think about that. 
pretty crazy when you consider that. That just shows the power of The Undertaker. So they understand, they being AEW, understands that Sting doesn't need to be in the title picture. And that's a great move. So in my opinion, I don't know that the Hardys need to be in the title picture. I think the role that they should operate in is we're the legendary team for your other teams to measure up against. I mean, you've got a lot of dream matches potentially there. I personally, and I know folks want to see the Hardys and the Young Bucks, which we've already seen in Ring of Honor, but I want to see the Lucha Brothers against the Hardys or the current tag champs against the Hardys, right? Not necessarily for the tag titles. I just want to see the match. I want to see what Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus can do, which shout out to Jungle Boy. I think he is getting in his bag and he is really at an amazing point. And it is a, a great, great thing to see in AEW. So with that said, you've got the Hardys doing what they do, which I think is amazing. There are two other big moments that I want to grab from Dynamite before we move on to what happened on Raw last night. And one of those moments is Jericho and his Jericho Appreciation Society mentioning what I think is a cool dig that they are sports entertainers. The brilliance of this is not lost on me. So we've all had the discussion about the difference between sports entertainment and pro wrestling. And we understand even AEW calls themselves the home of professional wrestling. And so when you call yourself the home of professional wrestling, you are clearly making a delineation between you and WWE, who doesn't even use the term. They refer to themselves as sports entertainment. So when Jericho calls the Jericho Appreciation Society sports entertainment, it is already an inferred situation that we've got WWE versus AEW in AEW, which is brilliant, being led by Jericho. Like, I just think there are many, many places it can go, and it came out of nowhere. So I like it. I'm very interested to see how they will continue to draw the line between what they consider to be sports entertainers and pro wrestlers in AEW of all places. So this should get very interesting. Now, we saw great things, of course, with John Moxley and Brian Danielson and William Regal. I don't know what they're going to name themselves, but I love every minute of it. It's incredible. And then, of course, we have to talk about the main event where Thunder Rosa wins the AEW Women's World Championship in a steel cage match against Britt Baker. So a couple of thoughts on this. For one... This was obviously the right move. I do think it took too long to happen. But with that said, if it was going to happen anywhere in the world, San Antonio, Thunder Rosa's home, where she does Mission Pro, where the people know her and love her, and where that crowd might have been one of the most excited and raucous crowds we've seen in all of AEW, and that's saying a lot, that was the right move. What would have made this better for me is if they did not have this match less than two weeks ago at the Revolution pay-per-view. Like that could have been scrapped. Britt Baker could have defended against someone else and then made this worthwhile. But that's not what happened. Be that as it may, I'm very, very happy to see the great, great things that they did in this match. They've got an amazing rivalry 
which will continue. And I hope they're smart and that they give us some breathing room between the next time these two women fight. But I think this is a rivalry and there's chemistry there that we can see going for a long time to come. What happens with Britt Baker from here? I don't know. I think Britt Baker deserves a break for carrying the women's division for almost a year. I think it's an opportunity to see some other women step up. There are other opportunities in terms of matches that could happen. But absolutely, Thunder Rosa deserves the opportunity to carry the AEW women's division and carry it for a while. So I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen. But congratulations to Thunder Rosa, the new AEW women's world champion. And a side note, this is slightly petty, but you'll get it. I love the fact that AEW properly names their women's championship as the women's world championship, as opposed to the NWA, who calls it the world's women's championship. Small thing, a little word nerd like me, eh, I pay attention to that. With that said, when we come back, we're going to have a conversation about Monday Night Raw and the really cool homage that they did to a game-changing Raw moment. We'll talk about that when we return. Southern Honor Wrestling is now on IWTV. Relive the biggest moments and memories from SHW's historic first year. I'm in Dallas Bacon here at Southern Honor Wrestling. Chris what? Jericho is here and can't watch out his Because we're just getting started. Don't miss another second of SHW, the fastest growing independent promotion in the Southeast. Check out Southern Honor Wrestling now at independentwrestling.tv. New subscribers use promo code SHW to get five free days. SHW, this is our wrestling. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content, but that I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were going to be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm going to do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. 
nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. Lord, a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a been Monday Night Raw took place last night from, of all places, Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, the home to three WrestleManias. Chicago, the same place, of course, where CM Punk made his triumphant return to pro wrestling last summer. Chicago, known for its incredible fan base. And so what would happen on the Raw next to the Raw before Mania? Well, I thought it was a great show last night. Again, WWE Monday Night Raw continuing to give us some great matches. The main event with Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. These two can't do wrong, and they gave us another great match, which, by the way, we have got to give some flowers to Seth Rollins and AJ Styles for the last six to eight weeks every week on Raw. They have been involved in some incredible matches. We could probably go all the way back to January and look at the great matches that they've been a part of. So I know people give Raw a hard time and Raw isn't what it used to be. But Monday Night Raw is giving us some great matches and some great moments such as how the show opened. We all thought Stone Cold was actually going to be here. I literally started wondering did I miss some things on social media and miss that Stone Cold was going to be at Raw this week? But Kevin Owens pulled off a great, great moment. And you could see the disappointment in the fans' eyes as they all thought we were going to get Stone Cold tonight. And it didn't happen. And then they thought it happened again. And it didn't happen. Just brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant proof that WWE, when they want to get it right, they really, really can. And so that's great. I love seeing what's happening with the Raw Tag Team titles. It's going to be a triple threat match, which I think should be amazing. Given the last triple threat match for the Raw Tag Titles that happened just a couple of weeks ago, which was incredible. I think there's some great potential at WrestleMania for this triple threat tag team title match. Some things that aren't exactly working for me. First of all, Omos. What else are we going to feed him at this point? Now, think about this. What a difference a year makes. Last year at WrestleMania, Apollo Crews won the Intercontinental Championship from Big E and introduced the world to Commander Aziz. A year later, the both of them are losing to Omos, who, by the way, debuted at that same WrestleMania, and they're losing to him via a handicap match. Is it crazy to me that Omos is still undefeated and yet Shanky, who is Jinder Mahal's right-hand man, who is just about the same size as Omos in terms of seven feet, can't get a win, right? So it's weird that there's only really one giant right now in WWE because the other two are losing like it's normal. Weird stuff. I don't know where you put Omos at this point. I don't. 
He doesn't need to hold a title. I think he's still relatively inexperienced. And I almost am ready for that experiment to end, right? I don't know how it ends. And I don't mean by like the end of his career. I'm ready for him to lose. I'm ready for him to to gain some greater skills. Because even in talking last night, like he had a moment where he switched to Nigerian. And I don't know that he even realized that he did that. Crazy. Just, just, yeah, yeah. So I'm good with that. I don't need to see that. I think they may have even overrun this idea of Seth Rollins having to fight somebody to get their spot at Mania. Like that worked for the tag title match. That worked with him fighting Kevin Owens. But then last night against AJ Styles, I think they're just trying to stretch this in the wrong way. Now, here's where I think they won with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins went crazy last night. After the match, you know, he called it BS, that he's not at Mania. He says he's going to hold the show hostage next week. You know, then there's the whole destroying everything. And let me tell you what it immediately put me in the mindset of. So let's go back to Monday Night Raw in 1997. 25 years ago, almost to the day, Bret Hart gets a shot at the WWE Championship in a steel cage against Psycho Sid. Psycho Sid retains the championship and Bret Hart goes crazy. It's really the first inklings of the Attitude Era that we get to see on TV before the Attitude Era is actually declared. Bret Hart is cussing like a sailor. He's calling the whole thing BS. He starts destroying things. He throws Vince McMahon down. All these things happen. And then Stone Cold is, you know, saying, hey, you ruined it. It could have been us for the title, blah, blah, blah. So in case you forgot this moment, let's take you back and remind you. And we're back here, ladies and gentlemen. A few more moments here with you. Vince McMahon is going to try to talk to a very... Obviously, uh, Bret Hart. this consonant Bret Hart. You've got to be terribly frustrated. Extremely frustrated over what has just happened. Whoa! Frustrated isn't a goddamn word for it! This is bullshit! Oh, we apologize, ladies you and screw gentlemen. screw me! Everybody screws me! And nobody does a goddamn thing about it! Nobody in the building cares! Nobody in the dressing room cares! So much goddamn injustice around here! I've had it up to here! We apologize, ladies and Everybody gentlemen. Everybody knows it! I know it! Everybody knows it! I should be the World Wrestling Federation champion! Get him out of the ring! Everybody just keeps turning a blind eye! You keep turning a blind eye to it! I got that Gorilla Monsoon! He turns a blind eye to it! Everybody in that goddamn dressing room knows that I'm the best there is! The best there was, and the best there ever will be. Cut him off. If you don't like it, tough shit. This reminded me of that. Seth Rollins going off felt like an homage to that. And if that was the intent, man, that was brilliant. Took us 25 years back into the annals of Monday Night Raw. A great, great move. Now, the rumor on the street, and and I don't want to talk too much about this rumor, but the rumor on the street is that this is all a setup to get us to WrestleMania, Seth versus Cody Rhodes, if indeed Cody is signed. If that happens, I think that'll be amazing. I think the pop that'll happen at WrestleMania will be incredible. I think we're all waiting for Cody. I think the anticipation is building 
Should Cody show up, I think it'll be a great, great move. Although, I don't know whether or not to bank on it because we get trolled by these types of things. It may happen, it may not happen. But either way, I can say I don't see WrestleMania without Seth Rollins. That just seems ludicrous to me. So we'll see how this all comes together. I'm intrigued, though, to see what will happen. And part of the reason why I don't spend a lot of time talking about the rumors or seeking them out is because I want to be surprised. Give me that hearty surprise that we had in 2017. I want that old thing back. So give it to me by way of Cody and whatever other surprises could be happening at WrestleMania. With that said, tonight, NXT 2.0 should be some good, good stuff for sure. Then on top of that, if you have Fight TV, you're going to get NWA Power tonight, a new episode on the heels of a really strong Crockett Cut pay-per-view. So that should be fun. And of course, everything is leading into all things Mania Week, which believe it or not, guys, Mania Week is next week. I can't believe it. We're that close to WrestleMania. So obviously some more content is on the way surrounding WrestleMania and the like. And we'll get you up to speed on a lot of these other events that are happening during Mania week. It is crazy all the wrestling that's going to happen during Mania week. So until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, the EP, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I need my